This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast, brought to you by the team behind BikeRadar.com, Cycling Plus, and MBUK magazines. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe. And if you can do so, leave us a rating on your podcast provider of choice. It really helps us reach other cyclists like you. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast. I'm Jack Luke, Deputy Editor on BikeRadar.com, and today I'm joined by Simon Von Bromley. Bike Radar's senior technical writer. Simon Von Bromley, what have you been up to this week? Hi, mate. Yeah, good. St- lots of good stuff, actually. Um, just wrapped up a test of uh, kind of, I guess you would call them breakaway bikes. So it's kind of aero road bikes uh, that are going to feature in the Tour de France for Cycling Plus. So that'll be published uh, shortly and then will appear on BikeRadar.com soon. But that was fun because got to ride a load of fast well-specced bikes so been out 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 on the road quite a lot sounds absolutely fantastic and actually this is coming out on monday just before the big event you're making your way to copenhagen for a little jolly is that correct yeah and um a bit of a professional milestone that'll be my first uh visit to the tour de france as a journalist lovely wonderful When, when did you go as a punter uh we went in it would have been 2013 yeah 2013 we went down to the alps and we were there for Vontu as well when Froome won on Vontu. Not when Froome ran up Vontu, <laughs> but when Froome dropped Quintana, he came round Chalet Reynard uh, solo in the yellow jersey. And it was a pretty iconic moment. So well done him. Well done him. It would have been good if you'd just kind of been a bit zeitgeisty and sung a bit of Kate Busher for us there. <laughs> <laughs> well, this week I've just been chipping away at the cool face of content, keeping the uh, the, the fires stoked in the boiler room of Bike Radar. <laughs> it's like the Titanic in here. Exactly. Uh, but nothing nothing too exciting, though I did really enjoy uh, last yesterday evening from when we are recording, I, I rode with Jack Evans, who's appeared a few times in the Bike Radar podcast now. Sort of young Jack Evans. Young Jack Evans. Say. Young Jack Evans. Very lanky, very tall young man. And, and very fast. Well, as I discovered, he's very, very fast as a kind of a favourite hill, a favourite tester's hill around here, Belmont, which we've featured in previous episodes of Bike Radar, uh, Bike Radar's Hill Climb Diaries. And um, it's typically the first climb of most rides if you're heading west from the city. And uh, I kind of invited Jack to test his legs after his big... Um, ride in the weekend just past you to the dragon ride said oh no 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 I'm not going to do that and then proceeded to ride up the entire hill in the big ring and put a minute into me <laughs> uh, and beat my PR by about 20 seconds he was like oh this is quite a nice climb I'm like oh, it's really nice <laughs> he's a very strong he's very lad. fast lad yeah very strong very fast and not a bad writer either no I'm um, he's the he's the complete package yes uh today we're going to be talking through some of the Hottest new news to land on bikecreator.com over the last couple of weeks. And we're going to start things off with what is perhaps unsurprisingly being quite a uh, divisive bit of news. And that's the release of Ceramic Speeds, oversized pulley wheel system, which has an aero shroud, the OSBW Aero. Um, very, very similar to the brand's current oversized pulley wheel systems. But as the aero name suggests, 
It's a bit more slippery in the wind. Simon, tell us everything we need to know about the system. But first, how much does it cost? <laughs> well, <laughs> it costs 739 euros. And for your 739 euros, the only what you're getting is a uh, the lower pulley assembly of of a derailleur. So the two pulley wheels and then the, the pulley cage. Now, you know, if you're thinking that doesn't sound like very good value for money, well, let me tell you what makes this one special. What makes this one special is, as you say, it has been aerodynamically optimised, made in association or, so to speak, collaboration with uh, Simon Smart, who is, you know, one of the kind of foremost bicycle aerodynamics experts, you know, kind of working today. People would probably have heard with he has a close uh, relationship with Envy, for example, a company called Drag Two Zero, which has you know had had um, partnerships with brands like Endura, made very good skin suits, you know, um, you know one Giro d'Italia time trial stages and, and things like that, and obviously you know Envy wheels have a very good reputation. So he's developed this. It's it's not a carbon shroud. Technically, mm-hmm. the carbon is structural. Right. You know, as in, you, you know, this is not a removable part that you could add to um, a, a standard, you know, ceramic speed OSPW. You know, and in a, in a theory, that that might have been a bit better, but UCI rules dictate that you're not allowed to use fairings mm-hmm. solely for aerodynamic purposes. So they have to be structural, and so this has to be structural. Now, yes, you know, seven hundred and thirty-nine euros is uh, you know undoubtedly a lot of money but it you know it's probably reflective of the fact that they're probably not going to sell very many of these things it's, yeah. a, it's a limited market and and really like the you know the research and development that goes into this you know while yes you're just kind of you know smoothing out a rear derailleur cage and you know you could eyeball it like you know I I pretty I trust that Simon Smart has done his time in the wind tunnel mm-hmm. the time with CFD with this product you know the, the claims they're making are not outlandish. They're sort of saying, you know, two and a half seconds during a, a 25 kilometer time trial ridden by a pro. Now, that sounds, you know, like nothing to, yeah. you, to you and I. And, and like, you know, realistically, it is nothing for you and I. But if you're the kind of, you know, a pro athlete, you know, two and a half seconds can easily be the difference to you winning and losing, you know, and, and 739 euros to, to win a you know, maybe a say like you know a, a Tour de France time trial, for example, could change your career and be worth hundreds of thousands of euros in con, you know, in a, in a better contract. So, it, it, yes, it it is a marginal gain, but like any of these things, you know, like as as people always say, if you, you know, you find four and a half, you know, four, you know, two and a half watt savings, you found yourself ten watts. Wow. Quick maths. <laughs> uh, no, it's true, and also you know you kind of touched on it there, but it is clearly a product aimed at the pro market, and pros aren't going to be buying this stuff. You know, this is this is a product that's going to be used by sponsored teams for the most part. The price is sort of just incidental, and you know, the market is so limited that I wouldn't be surprised that if the UCI rules didn't dictate this, it wouldn't necessarily be available to the public. Though there will there will always be a public clamoring to buy you know i i not irregularly see ceramic speed pulley systems out in the wild and i'm sure this will be popular with uh local 10 mile tteists with cavernous pockets absolutely and um you know we we as you know when when we first spotted this at the giro d'italia earlier on in the year you know you wrote a kind of excellent article about it that oh, kind thanks, of thanks simon well it was very good and i i thoroughly enjoyed it and it explored the kind of history of these 
you know, kind of aerodynamic pulley cages. And, you know, there is actually, this isn't a kind of entirely new concept. You know, Lance Armstrong used one in 2010 and Fabian Cancellara, I believe, might have used one as well previously. Um, you know, not made by Ceramic Speed at that point. That would have been a, a Brenner, perhaps. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think Tech, a kind of company who, I'm not sure if they're still in business, but they... I think they are, actually. They've yeah. got a very web 1.0 site, charmingly Love it. so, but Love it. I'm pretty sure they are still in A kind of UK-based, you know, time trial specialist company. You know, they make one as well. Um, so, yeah, you know, it, there are a lot of memes. I've seen a lot of memes about this over <laughs> the last couple of days. And, of course, you know, the comments are generally like, well, this is a waste of money. But like like any product in cycling, it's not compulsory to purchase one if you don't want to. Well, yes. <laughs> However, that's not stopped you from getting a hold of one, I believe. Oh, well. And it's going to make its way onto your Planet X uh, time trial bike. And this cage will be worth approximately how much more than the frame set? I mean, like more than a, yeah, yeah, more than the frame itself. I think I paid £500 or so for the frame back in 2015. So, yeah, this, this will be, this, this derailleur cage will be worth more than the frame itself. But that's the lengths I am willing to go to in the name of content. I will make that sacrifice. <laughs> you say it's in the name of content, but really we just know you're trying to make up those seconds, get close to that course record at the Chew Lake TT. Yeah, I only, you know, I only need to find about 30 two-and-a-half-watt gains, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then add some fitness and, you know, then, yeah, that, then that record's mine. Um, just again, you, you touched on it there. What's your favorite meme account? Favorite cycling meme account? I really like Frill House, the Thrill Simpsons House. one. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Absolute quality, and their one for this was very funny. It was. Very um, funny. Yeah, I, I've you know I think not to kind of tar everyone with the same brush, but the problem with a lot of meme accounts is they they sometimes they can often verge into you know being a little bit toxic, kind of attacking specific riders or you know things like that. Whereas I feel like with Frill House, it's all good fun. Just Simpsons stuff. Simpsons, it's really funny. all good fun. And yeah. The Simpsons is great. Like the kind of. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yeah. <laughs> Everything about it. My favorite by far, I think. How about you? I like Boulairs and Batard Men. Yes. The one that just all, <laughs> it's not clever. There's nothing sort of, there's nothing really high. Co- it's quite high concept, yeah. actually. It's, yeah, ju- it's, it's just great. a guy that photoshops bread and products and pa- products, pastry products yeah. into pro cycling photos that's it that's the always joke. the picture of winners it's, it's don't really it's know fantastic. why i don't know why it started but oh. i love it cobbles made of like focaccia <laughs> or somebody with a big sandwich instead of a, a, yeah. a trophy that's it and i love it excellent content yeah well sort of stuff we can uh, aim for one day oh if only <laughs> Uh, sticking with the drivetrain theme we're going to talk briefly about a new Bafang three-speed hub gear system now Bafang is actually maybe a brand you've not heard of but a surprisingly large brand who's mostly focused on e-bike systems it doesn't have the sort of cachet as a brand of the likes of Bosch or Shimano but from an OEM perspective they actually produce an enormous amount of products but they released onto market this week a rather interesting uh, piece of kit which is 
captured the attention of a surprising amount of our audience, and it is a three-speed automatic internal gear hub. Now, internal or rather automatic um, shifting is not really unheard of in the world of cycling. There's been lots of strange attempts at it in the past. I can't recall the name of it off the top of my head, but there's an old derailleur I remember seeing many, many years ago, which used an expanding flywheel. So as you went higher, faster speeds as you pedaled, it would spin this flywheel, which would expand and then pull the cable to shift into a different gear. It was absolutely bonkers. Very, very strange solution. Uh, all the way to more intelligent ones, which have used sensors and all sorts. This one is is quite a neat solution. And while details are quite scant, as far as we understand, it essentially detects not power, but torque that's going into the motor or into the hub, rather and uh, adjusts across the three gears to suit that. Now, I slightly struggle to get my head around the exact purpose of this. Like, you know, I have to put my sort of uh, hat on, remember that, you know, I'm an experienced cyclist, I understand how gears work, and, you know, I want them, or how I want them to work for me. But even for sort of, like, beginner cyclists, I just find the concept of, a set like a hub that will shift between three distinct gears with kind of no warning. Like I just can't really visualize how this would work in my head. What do you think, Simon? Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on that, and and you know, it reminds me like obviously like some of the latest electronic group sets have um, you know synchro shifting modes where they shift for you, say at the front derailleur. And and personally, I always find it not that useful have you used it in any of the basic yeah testers? i have because sometimes occasionally you know you get a test bike in and it's set up automatically for that and you don't really realize it's going to shift down from the front from the big ring to the small ring until you you reach a steep climb and then it goes oh you want to be in the little ring by the way <laughs> yeah and i find it quite annoying um but obviously shifting a you know a, a, the front chain ring is is not you know hopefully this is going to shift slightly smoother and, and i guess you know it has a built-in clutch mechanism you know, purportedly, that is uh, going to enable smooth and precise shifting under load. So in that case, I, I think, as you say, it's going to be targeted at that kind of mass market be beginner audience. And, you know, you can see it on, I could see this on, you know, like Boris bikes or the yeah, kind of yeah, town, yeah. The kind of yeah. town bikes that are, you know, kind of rent rentable and things like that, where you, you just kind of, you go along, you pick up a bike and it's a kind of easy way to add gears to those bikes and it kind of expand their range of applications without having to, you know, have something that's going to, you know, going to break, going to need servicing, yeah. that that sort of thing. Um, it is compatible with e-bike motors as well, I believe, according to Asher's story. Yeah, they made quite a big um, deal about the e-bike motor compatibility in the press release. And I guess that's where... Part of my confusion comes from, too, where with an e-bike motor, in theory, most motors on, like, say, a cargo bike will be able to provide more than enough power to give you more than 100% assistance. In which case, like, you are still putting effort in, but nonetheless, you're putting in less. And to my mind, kind of delivering progressively higher power would almost make more sense than this. But I don't know. I'm going to reserve judgment. It seems yeah. to be something that, you know, despite the, the confusion on the team... There's definitely been sort of uh, interest in it outwardly. So, Bafang, if you're listening, listening, we would love to test a bike with it. Please send it our way. It's a system that sort of piqued our interest and one we would like to uh, have a play with. Uh, going back to the aero theme, uh, earlier this week, eagle-eyed Simon... <laughs> Our favourite Getty botherer spotted <laughs> Team <laughs> Team Ineos were riding a new Pinarello time trial bike. Simon, 
What's the scoop? Well, this one was quite hard to miss. I don't think you didn't really, no, need, really, you didn't really need eagle eyes to, to see this. And actually, I didn't see this on Getty. I saw this live while the uh, the race was on, and I sat up in the, on the sofa and said, "Oh, that's a new bike." And my wife went, "What do you mean? How do you know that's a new bike?" And I was like, "Because I know every bike." <laughs> oh, <laughs> don't mate. talk to me. About, you know. And then she rolled her eyes at me and walked out of the room. So oh, rightly so. <laughs> it's the only appropriate reaction. What a loser, she muttered under her breath. But um, no, so yes, Geraint Thomas and Danny Martinez of Team Ineos Grenadiers were both riding a new disparate time trial bike at the uh, final time trial of the Tour de Suisse, which um, Geraint Thomas won quite handily, on, you know, take, using the final time trial to overhaul the, the, the race leader on the final day. It's um, it kind of obviously diverts from the current Belide in the sense that the current Belide is uh, an existing design that was released in 2013. Obviously, back then everything used rim brakes at that level, so it was a rim brake time trial bike. You know, freed of the constraints of needing to have two rim brakes, this bike, you know, it, it's just a kind of more modern design and a design that's kind of more in line with the Pinarello Dogma F, which is the company's road bike, uh, you know, which which is obviously an, an aero, uh, it's like all round road bike. So, you know, it's got all the kind of features you might expect, like you know, deep section camtail aerofoil tubes, very low seat stays at the back. You know, um, obviously disc brakes, uh, fancy three D printed titanium handlebars, although. You won't be getting one you of won't. those as a uh, punter? No. Well, I, obviously, you know, technically you could, but it will add a lot of money to the price and you'll have to contact your Pinarello dealer and ask about, you know, back you know, back, back door fittings and all of that sort of thing. Um, they were The Ineos riders were using it with I, what I believe are Princeton carbon mm-hmm. works wheels. They so. certainly look to be with that kind of distinctive wavy profile. That's right. Yeah. And I and I think it was a uh what is what is it? a seventy five eighty, but at the same time it does the the rim does look very deep. It almost looks like a kind of eighty eighty five, maybe a eighty five ninety. So I wonder if that's a new unreleased rim, but obviously it, it's kinda of hard to tell because the kind of stickers that mm. cover this bike, all of which say Belide these black and white, and that's how we know. Does it say Belide? Yeah. Or does it say Bolide? Well, <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm doing the yeah as a as a Brit. I'm I'm pretend, You know, this is how I speak of other languages. I just put on a comedy accent yeah, and, yeah. and then say it. Yeah, it's kind so, of what we all do, isn't it? Yeah, just say the same word, but in a in a pretend Italian accent. Yeah. Um, so, it probably is Belide. To be fair, I don't think it's Bolide. I'd be it'd be very surprised. If it was bolide, but it it could well be. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, we expect Filippo Ganna will race this at the Tour de France coming up, and I and I suspect Pinarello are probably hoping he'll win the opening time trial, take the yellow jersey in this bike. They'll be able to release a press release off the back of that win, and everyone will be like, "Wow, what a great bike!" Mm. I mean, he is pretty good at bikes, to be fair. He is very good at bikes. Yeah, just won the Italian National Championships. So clearly on form. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yes, that's pretty much all we know on the bike for now. I think Simon's uh, guess is probably as good as anyone's, but I would suspect the Tour de France will expect to see more news on that. And actually on that subject, uh, you know, the last couple of years have been a bit unusual in terms of bike launches. There's been no shortage of things to talk about, but there's been some sort of notable omissions, one could say, in terms of big bikes launched from big brands. You know, peering into your cycling tech crystal ball, 
what you kind of expect and you might see is you're sniffing around the pits in Copenhagen, scoffing pastries. <laughs> well, yeah, in between eating Danish pastries, I expect I expect we'll see a new Trek Madone. Obviously, you spotted that at oh, the Criterium thanks, de Dauphiné. Um, and, you know, I'm hoping to be able to get a picture of myself putting my hand through the hole in the back. Of <laughs> <laughs> see yeah. if it's a real hole or if it's a fake hole. Um, what else? Obviously, Tony Martin... For those who follow him on Instagram, kind of uh, sneakily unveiled a new giant propel. Well, what appears to what be appears to be a giant a new propel. Giant yeah, I wish to say. Obviously, don't actually know. But yes, considering quiet on that one so far, we asked. They refused to say. But considering it very much appears to be an aero road bike, and a new propel was added to the UCI's uh, approved list recently. And obviously, Team Bike Exchange have you know sprinters such as Michael Matthews, Dylan Groenewegen, and you know. I'm connecting the dots. You know, two yeah, plus yeah, yeah, two. If, if two plus two equals four, then that's what we're expecting. More quick maths from Simon. Oh, you know, <laughs> we didn't hire you just for your rate. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, expecting to see that. I think we there's a new Cube Lightning coming, mm-hmm. and we've been saying this literally since last year. Yeah, when you so, it there. <laughs> so it must. They must have to announce it soon because I am pretty sure the UCI regulations state that you're allowed one year kind of prototype period before it has to be available to consumers. So, you know, obviously with COVID and stuff like that, it it may be possible that the UCI has granted them, you know, a development extension or something like that. But I'd really like to know, you know, because we're the most important people the people who write the content (laughs) it'll be written by probably the best named man in um, the men's pro peloton as well Taco Vanderhorn fantastic name I'm not sure if he's made I haven't seen the team for Intermarche but if he has made the team and I really hope he has because he's he's a favourite rider of mine is that because he uses narrow handlebars and likes efficiency yeah big fan of Graham Obrey oh wow so anyone who likes Obrey Mm -hmm. good rider in my book and uh, the other one as well, I thought we were most likely to see almost certainly is the uh, Canyon Ultimate. We sort of saw a sneaky peek of that on the UCI's approved list and there's been various photos floating online uh, of that bike. Doesn't appear to be enormous, enormous changes, but one that's been around since forever? Yeah, I think so. The Certainly the disc brake bike wasn't a huge change from the mm. rim brake bike, which I believe was released around 2014 yeah that sounds about right something like that so you know it kind of i think it's one of those situations where it's like if it ain't broke don't fix it yeah and great bike. when it was released in 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 2014 it, you know it was one of the first kind of lightweight bikes to kind of get a bit of an aero aero makeover and a lot of other bikes have played catch up with it since you know it's still very light still rides really well you know, as you say, kind of going to be a minor update by the looks of things, maybe adding a bit more tyre clearance and moving to a kind of fully integrated cable setup. But, you know, beyond that, if, if you know, if Canyon's, if I, it'd be very easy for me to sit here and be like, oh, that's a bit boring, not much to write about. Mm-hmm. But if Canyon actually, you know, put me on the spot and said, well, what would you have done to the bike? I, I, I would have gone, well, make it more aero. And then they're gone, well, that's the air road. Yeah, fair. So, I don't know. Maybe that's just because I'm very unimaginative. I Incidentally, um, Jack Evans, who we just talked about at the start of the podcast, he has a nice old Ultimate CFSLX. Is that right? Yeah, yeah CFSLX. Right. Um, with a really nice 11-speed era, ready tap group set, nice mid-depth zip wheels. And, like, apart from the fact that it's got rim brakes, that bike still looks 
thoroughly modern. Yeah. And I'd guess his is maybe like a 2017 bike, I yeah. guess, something like that. Yeah. Um, it's a very, very cool bike. It doesn't look out of place these days. And uh, yeah, when you think back to 2014, like what a radical looking bike in the context of rounder tubes at the time. You know, it's still got that sort of aggressive angular look. Hmm. A modern classic, Joe would probably call that. Yeah. And one more bike, actually. You, you've peaked my memory. Um, obviously, Colnago have been testing ah, yes. new prototipo. Prototipo, <laughs> prototipo versions of their... Um, it, it's kind of like an updated V3 RS, which is their, obviously, kind of, you know, lightweight, all-round bike. Now... An all-right, lightweight, all-round monocoque bike. Yes, Yes, of course, because they also have other bikes, don't they? Um, it's it's an interesting one with that because there's been a little bit of stirring within the kind of you know cycling Twitter community because some uh, magazines have said that it's not a particularly aerodynamic frame. They've compared it to you know other Tour de France bikes, such as Canyon Aero, for example, and then sort of said, well, you know, it kind of comes out, you know, not looking too good against those bikes. But it, it, it's tricky because it's really it depends what you're comparing it to and obviously what the design goals of those bikes are and and we know that you know you could take any any brand with a you know say like Cervelo they have the S5 and they have their R5 and you know the engineers at Cervelo will doubtless tell you that the S5 is going to be the faster bike practically everywhere mm-hmm. you know despite the kind of increase in weight but a lot of the riders still choose the R5, which is a very classic kind of looking bike. Yep. Yes, it has kind of, you know, squoval, aero-optimized tubes. Horrible word, incidentally. Absolutely yeah, loathsome word. Yeah, don't like it, but that's it what It is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's kind of tricky in the sense that, you know, it, it's tough for Carl Nago, who, you know, if, if their kind of raison d'etre is to make a bike for the racers and their racers are telling them, you know, you mustn't add any weight to this bike... Mm. You know, adding deeper kind of aerofoil tubes does add weight, unfortunately. So it's kind of tricky. It, it's it's also like, let's be real, it's not a slow bike, is it? Clearly, because uh, yeah, tour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although, you know, what does that tell us? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's true. It's I... really difficult to know, and, and but it's it's a tricky one. But but clearly, you know, they're still kind of iterating, and the new bike, you know, it does seem to have updated aerodynamic tube profiles but still within a kind of lightweight space you know i, I, I don't you know I, I don't know how easy it is to get bikes down to the well actually i do it's very difficult to get bikes disc brake bikes down to the 6.8 kilo weight limit mm-hmm. and um you know and that's that's kind of why even pogaccia has ridden you know rim brake carnagos at the last tours in between riding the disc brake from you know the majority of the, the stages so yeah, any any kind of added aerodynamic goodness is is ultimately going to add weight. It's functional weight, and I'd be happy to have it. But like I, I know that at that 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 end of the sport, it's still a big deal. So, as an aside on that frame set, so they've been uh, testing various different layups of the frame set, different tube shapes, all these different things. Um, but to get around the sort of extraordinary cost of making monocoque molds per iteration if you like of frame uh, they've been using a sort of hybrid method where the bike is a lug to lug or sorry lug to tube um construction much like the c68 which was recently released uh 
but nonetheless kind of appearing like a monocoque frame set from the outside. So Colnago, it says, uh, can better sort of look at the performance of the bike overall and assess um, how tube shape affects ride quality or how they can reduce weight. It's, it's quite interesting yeah. to get a bit of insight into how a brand is developing a frame set and, and seeing that they're testing it in the real world, not necessarily just through sort of theory or modeling. Um, and I don't know, it's sort of stuff we like to hear about, these yeah. nerdy bike boys. 100%. And I think it's one of the overlooked things with, you know, carbon bicycle construction is that, you know, often it's kind of like, well, these are just mass-produced plastic bikes, that kind of thing. But actually, you know, making a carbon fiber bike, as you say, every time you want to change the shape of a tube, you need a new mold. And if you're making monocoque bikes, you know, that, that mold is going to cost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a lot, a lot of money, a lot, a lot of money, and so you have to make, you have to be very sure before you make these decisions. And what you know, like as you say, what a lot of brands do is they, they test them in non-carbon materials. So they make them out of plastic or whatever, put them in the wind tunnel, and then move on to rider testing. So yeah, credit to Colnago for kind of having that rider testing brought forward. And you know, Colnago is a famous brand, but it certainly doesn't have the kind of resources no. i would imagine that some of the you know the enormous kind of mega enormous brands. mega brands you know say like a giant would have um in comparison so giant resources at their disposal exactly the economies of scale that those brands are operating on it you know kind of dwarfs what you know brands like conago are doing so yeah like you say we love to hear about that kind of that kind of you know the little peek behind the curtain of how things are manufactured what bike will win the tour de france simon a Colnago. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I think it's going to be a Colnago. Like, Team Jumbo Visma look really good. Vingegaard, Roglic, they look great. But I think unless Pogacar has a has an accident, he's just so good. It's unbelievable, really. Well, it's not unbelievable. I believe it. I, I've watched the race, but he's just really, really good. Yeah, superhuman. Well. <laughs> <laughs> compared to us. Yeah, compared to us, yeah. Yeah, because well, we're pretty special, right? So, like, yeah, yeah. you know... We had to do the beep test when we joined Bike Radar, <laughs> or a ramp test, and that's the only way you get in. Yeah, yeah you yeah. do a ramp test and it decides your salary. That's why Jack's on such good money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, anything else? Any other things that have interested you in the world of cycling tech in recent weeks, Simon? Uh, well, we did publish a very nice guide to adaptive bikes, which I thought was a really interesting read and not really a subject I know much about. Now, I was searching for the bit on fared recumbents <laughs> I, I didn't see it so i wonder if that bit did, that, bit bit get, did that get cut out or? no vicky balfour former guest on this podcast she uh, appeared a couple months ago with Catherine moore and myself when we we're talking about getting your bike ready for the summer uh, she wrote this excellent guide for us on adaptive bikes now adaptive bikes come in quite literally all shapes and sizes to meet the needs of you know any uh, rider and it does cover everything from or rather the guide covers everything from just electric bikes and how they can aid people with mobility, balance issues, that kind of thing, all the way up to sort of wheelchair bikes. It's a really good read. It's quite a, it's quite a different thing to what we usually do on site, and I'm very, very pleased to have it. It's a great read, well worth reading, with a couple of good case studies in there to sort of show how much of a difference these bikes can make to people's lives. And a small section on tandems. A small section on tandems. It's the only reason I commissioned it. I want to push my, <laughs> my aggressive pro-tandem agenda at any opportunity. Uh, thank you very much Simon that was a great treat and I look forward to seeing whether or not your predictions come true for the tour and am I right in saying you will will be producing a Tour de France podcast series as well that is the plan 
is the plan. <laughs> <laughs> not actually done it yet. But that is the plan. Yes. Yeah, so do listen out for those because now you've said it, you put me on the spot. So I'm going to have to do it, I suppose. Yeah, the listeners will come trapping on your door if you don't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Once again, if you have any questions or comments, do leave those on the site. There'll be an article associated with this podcast. Do leave us a five-star rating if you think we deserve it. And thank you very, very much for listening to another episode of the Bike Radar Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Bike Radar Podcast. If you've not done so already, please subscribe and share with your friends or leave us a rating if you've enjoyed this episode. 